Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording once again from the Brooklyn Bunker. I cannot believe that it is Christmas Eve, (laughs) that we have almost made it to the end of yet another tumultuous year. Before I dive into all of the things that we have lived through and seen throughout this 12 months of 2021, or rather 2020, the sequel, I want us to give a lot of grace and gratitude to ourselves for where we are at this point in the year. If you are feeling exhausted, if you are feeling deflated, if you are feeling weary, know that you are not alone. It has been a very arduous year. It has been an arduous couple of years in America. You know, I have been doing a lot of reflection over the last couple of weeks. You know, um, I'm a person that believes in spiritual awakenings and renewals and the universe and that there are no coincidences and, you know... I realize that a lot of us, whether you are a person that believes in, you know, the spiritual verse, or you are a person that subscribes to a form of religion, that we do so, we reach out or look for connections because sometimes we feel just so very disconnected from what is happening in front of us. And I realize lately that my weariness is coming from a place of discontent and confusion about what forward looks like for 2022. Usually at the end of most years, right? Outside of, uh, you know, the, the last two, um, 
usually at the end of the year, you kind of take stock on what some of your highlights were, what some of your lowlights were, and you know, you give gratitude. Um, you create vision boards for what's next and you give gratitude for what has transpired. What I realized that I'm struggling with as we count down the days to 2022 on this Christmas Eve, what I'm struggling with is what to expect next. And this is where I think faith, regardless of what you subscribe to, comes in. I think that faith comes in because, friends, we have no idea what to expect. And it's the uncertainty, um, the instability of the times that we are living in that I feel has us so weary and deflated and just tired, frankly, right? It's because it's hard to create a vision board and to plan for the year ahead, right? Or to, to think about what you want to manifest uh, in terms of your goals when you have no idea what to expect from one day to the next. You know, it was only a couple of weeks ago, three in fact, that Omicron was discovered uh, by scientists in South Africa. And in that span of time, that span of time, which is so short, the world has turned upside down. Things that we thought that we were past or at, at least had hoped, had hoped that we were past. We had seen in New York Broadway reopen. We saw restaurants reopen and, and filled to the brim with excited customers, you know, ready to return and leave the confines of their homes. We were able to get through a, a summer right? Uh, that was filled with warm sunshine and hopefully beach trips and outdoor gatherings and back, backyard gatherings and rooftops. And so we felt that, you know, as a, as a nation, as a people, that we were adapting well to our new normal. I think that all of us had slowly begun to recognize that we were never going to go back to before, right? We were never going to be back to that PC place pre-COVID, before COVID. That those days, 2019 and, and all that came before were just going to be memories. There wasn't going to be a time when you would be in supermarkets or walking on the street and not see people with masks, of course, unless you lived in, you know, Tennessee or Texas um, or out east on Long Island where my parents are, where it seemed that as many Republicans had said, real America was done with COVID, um, whatever that meant, because a virus doesn't know what political affiliation you have, let alone your geography. Nonetheless, we'd all kind of moved into this space where we believed that for those of us that have been following the rules and had done the right things and followed the CDC guidelines that we had adapted and we lived to see and fight another day, which sadly over 800,000 Americans would not. And then Omicron. On the side of good news, we are seeing uh, signs in South Africa where uh, scientists discovered the variant that it seems as if 
they have peaked. We can't really use South Africa, though, as our guide because they had very low uh, vaccination rates, but very high COVID rates. So meaning that a lot of these people who had contracted the Omicron variant had already had Delta or Alpha. So while we're trying to understand this virus and, and use different cities and countries as models for what we can anticipate, nothing is 100%. We live in a country where only 60% of the population is vaccinated. Millions have contracted COVID, but millions have not. Some are boosted, some are not right? Um, it's an entirely different climate. It's an entirely different geography. And so we, unfortunately, will have to see, as Dr. Jonathan Metzl told us, over the next four to six weeks, what COVID looks like in the United States. What we know right now is that we are seeing record-breaking numbers that we haven't seen since 2022, the UK. I mean, excuse me, since 2020. The UK is reporting for the first time 100,000 new cases in a day. Again, those numbers have not been seen since the beginning of this global health pandemic in 2020. So far, we can say that the symptoms seem to be the same. While hospitals are still at reaching their breaking point in many different regions, that those that were vaccinated and were boosted they may fall sick, but again, what was the goal of the vaccine? That you don't die, right? We all forget that. We think that the goal of the vaccine was to go back to 2020, to, to go back to 2019. We thought that the goal of the, back, the vaccine was to turn the clock back. It's never going to do that, folks. And there's a reason why. We have these vaccines because they've been working on them for years because there were people in labs around the world that are, were anticipating some type of global outbreak and so had been positioning themselves and using technology to be able to give to the world the gift that we received back in June of 2021, right? But what we didn't anticipate while we were all, you know, praying, manifesting, meditating, hoping to see brighter days, what we didn't anticipate was that the damage that the Trump administration had already done to whip up, you know, Trump Americans into believing that this was all a hoax, into believing that public health was nothing but, you know, and something to encumber their idea of liberty and freedom, that taking care of thy neighbor was no longer a tenant of any Bible that they ever picked up. And that it was just, you know, Lord of the Flies in this country. We thought, and were sadly mistaken, that once a new administration had come in, that they would be able to wipe clean with Clorox all of the grift and the damage and the soils that the Trump administration had created over the last four years. But alas, what we are seeing is that that is far from the truth. But as James Baldwin once clearly stated and said, is that you can't change things that you refuse to face. 
My problem with COVID-19 is not just around the exhaustion, the collective exhaustion that we are feeling, right? And also the thing that we're not talking about is what collective trauma looks like. Living with this sense of anxiety and fear and how depression is kind of going back and forth like a seesaw in our lives and what that does, right? How it impacts the way that we show up in our families, in our friends, in our communities, at our jobs. It's real. I am very vocal um, about the fact that I have I go through in any given day sometimes waves of emotions where I am grounded in deep gratitude, but then almost feel paralyzed with fear about what's to come. Get so paralyzed, in fact, I sink myself into my couch, I wrap myself in a blanket, and I numb myself with any stupid Netflix series or Amazon Prime or whatever the fuck is streaming. Just as a way to suspend thought for just a little bit. Because I realized that my mind, my body, my nerves need a break. But what pains me is that Democrats on a daily basis miss the opportunity to tell the truth. That is what Representative Jamal Bowman said yesterday. It shouldn't be this hard to tell the truth. To say we're here because we have an entire Republican Party that has turned themselves into a death cult. That we are here because they continue to go on a news station that lies to the American people about how dangerous this virus is and lies to them about the ways that they can protect themselves, why they themselves follow protocols and vaccines and get boosters and wear masks. You know, I worry, and I think that that's what's making this transition into a new year so hard, is that I don't know what to expect. None of us do. You know, normally, as a, as a new year would come around, we, we never know what to expect, right? We love to say things like, it's a clean slate, right? We had 365 days in front of us to write a different story. And in many ways, that is still completely true. But I think that we also need to afford ourselves with a level of nimbleness. And the word that I've used, the word that I guess if I, if I had to say, what was my word of 2021? It would be grace. It would be to give ourselves a level of grace and those around us for having gotten this goddamn far. To be proud, frankly, of the journey that we've been on because it's been a roller coaster. And on some days it felt like we were headed towards the light and in other days it felt like the light that was in front of us was an oncoming train. I think what we all need to adapt to is the reality that as the seasons get colder, right, as years go on, that 
we're going to have to self-quarantine. That there will always be pop-ups of new variants, but God willing that the boosters and the vaccines continue to work. And that if we recognize that the holiday seasons moving forward may be marred continually with anxiety and stress and not just about what to get your significant other or, you know, whether or not you can stretch a dollar farther and not farther enough to get your kids, the gifts that they want, or, you know, put things under your tree or what have you, that it's going to look different. And maybe we need to figure out the ways in which to adapt to that. You know, part of the reason why I found myself struggling this week is because a lot of things that I had anticipated and been looking forward to um, with regard to the holiday were going to be drastically different as millions of people got that same shocking news. You know, I was watching and as people were welcoming their kids back home after being terrified, you know, that they've been at college all year, just hoping to God that they didn't come, come back with COVID or get COVID. And then they come home, you test them and they find out, oh shit, they do have COVID. So now our holiday plans are scrapped. We thought we were traveling. Now we're not. Now we're all quarantining for the next 10 to 14 days. That's where the nimbleness comes in. You know, um, what would they used to say that, you know, you make plans and God laughs, right? I think in order to save ourselves some deep heartache, that we need to just be nimble, right? And that when we do have the opportunity to share time, break bread, commune with our family, with our friends, then we need to enjoy them to the fullest, right? That we really need to squeeze every bit of joy and life and love and experience out of those moments so that they help to sustain us in our lowest times. You know, I, it was funny just recently, I'd gone to San Francisco, um, which many of you know, for, um, for work, for, um, for Lesbians Who Tech, an organization that I'm an advisor on. And I'd seen one of the other, a couple of the other advisors that I haven't seen in three years, right? And she remarked and said, my God, we didn't realize how good we had it how good we had it, you know, at, at doing these summits with thousands of queer women from around the country, around the world that would descend on San Francisco. And, you know, it just felt like these rock star moments for, for days on end during summit. And she goes, you know, <laughs> if I knew that our last advisor meeting in 2019 was going to literally be our last advisor meeting in person, maybe I wouldn't have rushed out. Maybe I wouldn't have rushed to the airport to go catch a flight and I would have stayed longer and I would have talked to that person in the corner that I didn't get to because I was looking at my watch and I needed to go. I think that 
there was something really profound in what she offered, which is that the fact that we are still alive, when so many of our family, our friends, our community members, our church friends, our colleagues are not, provides us with an opportunity to have a do-over, to really enjoy those moments that we get to share. You know, back in 2020, when we were all, you know, sequestered away, we kept saying that when we got out, right, when we got out, that we would dance harder, we would hug harder, we would love harder. Well, I think that there are going to be a lot of jack-in-the-box moments, right, where you pop out, things feel great, it's spring, it's summer, and then you go back in. But on those moments when we do get to pop out and everything does feel like it is aligned, let's marinate in that. Let's soak that up. Let's journal about it. Let's talk about it. Let's sing about it. Right? Because what we recognize over these last few years is that it's fleeting. Time is fleeting. And joy is something that we have to consistently work at. And that when we find ourselves in our low and dark moments, we can honor that. We can see that. But let's not get stuck in it. Let's allow our memories to provide us with the images, the warmth, of better times so that they buoy us forward. I don't know, friends, what, <laughs> what next year will bring. I have no idea. And I think that that not knowing requires us then to do what my mother has said for so many years, be in the present. The past doesn't matter and the future doesn't exist. We can anticipate, right? We can follow the cycles. We can understand these things. But with a midterm election coming up, with a white supremacist nationalist party gaining momentum and steam by the minute, with a Democratic Party that seems to once again have lost its way, its passion, and its sense of urgency. I only wish some days that I could shake a magic eight ball and tell you where we'll be in November of 2022. I don't know, and neither do you. And so what I realize as I've been wiping my tears all week is that then it doesn't make any sense to worry about what I don't know is coming. What does make sense though 
is to control what we can control. And what does that look like? It looks like really getting a hold of our health, right? And, you know, I have been on a weight loss journey, on a weight gain journey uh, during the last couple of weeks. And I can say that as it pertains to my health and wellness and what I hope to manifest in 2022 is just more consistency. I know that when I, the end of the year is always a working at a breakneck pace. And I let a lot of things slide so that I can get to the end. I always have an end date in mind and I get there and then it's like, oof, you get to take, you know, these almost, you know, 10 days to 14 days off, which is very necessary. Um, and I feel very grateful and blessed and privileged to be able to do so. But it's always a mad dash there. So a lot of my normal routines fall by the wayside because I'm trying to cram in, you know, so much into a very little amount of time. So as I'm stepping on the scale every day, I'm noticing the numbers going up. And normally I would have a major freak out. And I would start to really, you know, with my negative self-talk and with all of these things, like, oh my God, I can't believe you can't get control, this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, late last week, I had decided that, oh, I can step on the scale and I'll see the number. But you know what's different this time than all of the other times is I'm confident in how I get myself healthy. I'm confident in the ways that I need to focus and that when I am focused, and I am on, put myself on my own schedule, that things fall away and they realign. And so over these next couple of weeks, I'm not going to beat myself up because guess what? The self-talk I had done for years didn't change shit anyway. It actually just made things worse. So instead of the negative self-talk, don't eat this, don't do that, calling myself all types of names as I head into this merry season, so I'm going to give myself a break and some grace. Then I will circle back in a couple of days when there is no work and all I'm focusing on is being with my family and rest and relaxation. And then my body will start to let go of the cortisol levels. And I will look to my walking and my exercise as a way to give my body back what I depleted from it towards the end of the year. And that to me is progress. It's a switch in thinking. It's an honoring of myself and where I am and what I have the capacity to do. And it's giving myself a fucking break. And I think too often we don't do that. We don't give ourselves a break. As the year comes to an end, we beat ourselves up. We say, put the pedal to the metal. There's only a couple of days left of 2021. Make the best of it. And it's like, for the love of God, 
you know, the fact that we are here, bravo. You get all of the applause from me. If nobody else salutes you, I'm saluting you. So let us give ourselves a break. Let's look at ourselves in the mirror and say, thank you, dear body, dear mind, dear heart, for carrying me through this tumultuous year. Thank you, right, for the wholeness that stands before me. Thank you for getting me to this place. And in turn, I will honor you by caring for you and loving for you more when the calendar year turns over. That's not a resolution. It's just a recognition. Right? It's just a recognition of what we've all been through and being proud of having gotten to the end and have the ability to be able to start anew. And it isn't just the new year. You know, I said this year because somebody had told me that they look at their birthdays as their own personal new year. And I said, I love that. I love that so much. But to be honest, I look at every day. I want to look at every day as a personal new year because yesterday is done. The future has not been written, and today's an opportunity to do something a little different. If I was hard on myself on Monday, then I want to give myself a little more grace on Tuesday. If I gave myself a little bit of grace on Tuesday, I want to really love up on myself on Wednesday. And that's okay. You are deserving. Regardless of the mansions and the cinemas and these politicians that want to portray the American people as lazy, as liars, as cheats, that's not who we are. But we have allowed capitalism, right, and the grind, the forced grind to believe that we are undeserving of rest, that we are undeserving of the space to provide ourselves if in fact we do break down. That we spend so much time beating ourselves up that we don't even need anyone on the outside to do so because we're too busy pulverizing ourselves. So if there's nothing else that we can do with the last handful of days of this year, let's center grace. Let's allow our shoulders to come down from our ears. Let's knead out the knot that has been forming and living in our stomachs. Let's return to deep breaths and pushing out the stale air of this year. Let's make a pact to just use every day as an opportunity to give gratitude, to ground ourselves in joy, and to just try and be just a little bit better. That doesn't mean to do more. It just means to be a little bit better than we were the day before. 
Maybe read an extra page of your book. Maybe spend another minute in meditation or prayer. Maybe spend a little extra time watering and weeding out your plants. Maybe dance around your home. Just connect with the fact that we are alive. And almost a million Americans are not. And I don't want us to get stuck in survivor's guilt about that or feeling like the pressure is on and we should be doing the most. The fact that we haven't all as a nation had a collective nervous breakdown, I think is doing the most. Just think about this. I'll read you the top of the piece that I wrote for Zora magazine, a vertical on Medium. And I just want you to take it in for a second. Take in what you've lived through. This is entitled 2021, the year of trauma. Once again, here we go. Over 800,000 Americans are dead from a global health pandemic. 25% of the American population still refuses to be vaccinated. A violent attempt to overthrow the government left five people dead. A once in a century fire season, a once in a century tornado outbreak, mass shootings on the rise, over 400 voter suppression laws on the books. Book burning is back. Republican members of Congress openly threatening violence against their Democratic colleagues is now the norm. This is America at the end of 2021. We are a nation amid a very real existential crisis. Following the carnage that was collectively experienced in 2020, from the health pandemic to a racial reckoning, many of us wanted to believe that the following the election of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, we could take a deep breath and turn our attention back to the mundanity of life. We were assured that we wouldn't have to frantically check Twitter to make sure Trump hadn't tweeted us into a war or launched nukes via nastygram. We had faith that with a resounding rebuke of his presidency through our votes, the message would be clear. American authoritarianism is not welcomed or wanted here. Sadly, that has not been the case. 2021 packed the same unrelenting punch as 2020 did. We now have not one, but two hyperactive and new COVID-19 variants. Parents have taken to threatening school board members over mask mandates to keep children safe and school shootings are back in the headlines. Suicide attempts among America's teens are up, a staggering 50% in Roe v. Wade. The 48-year-old law that protected a person's right to an abortion is now hanging in the balance until the Supreme Court makes their decision in June of 2022. America is in a full-blown meltdown. All any of us can think about as we close out this grueling year is what is coming next. Usually the end of the year offers a time for us to reflect, 
recharge, and reconnect with our loved ones. Except as we reflect on the whirlwind that was 2021, it's hard to think about anything other than fear of things getting worse. 2022 is an election year. And while every election year, commentators and politicals alike lament on just how important this election is, the significance of the upcoming midterms can't be understated. While we wanted to believe that the attack on our democracy ended after the 187-minute physical assault on our Capitol building, the reality is that was just Act 1. The slow-moving coup, as Bill Maher referred to it, is still moving, but it's not that slow. Republicans have showed their hand. With their fond embrace of the murderer, Kyle Rittenhouse, who received a not guilty verdict for killing two people in cold blood during the Kenosha, Wisconsin Black Lives Matter protests in 2020. They have clearly shown they want their country back and are willing to take it back by any means necessary. What message did the Rittenhouse jury and Judge Bruce Schroeder provide to enraged white Americans? Simple. We got your back. To say that the times feel bleak would be the understatement of the year. We are a nation that is exhausted and on the brink and wondering what will finally break democracy's back. Democracy, as we are learning the hard way, is only as strong as the citizens who remain vigilant over it. When Steve Bannon talked about the flood zone, he was keenly aware that creating mass chaos breeds apathy. Why? Because with so much coming at the nation, eventually folks will throw up their hands and give up. The times are more arduous right now. They are depressing and all-consuming. And yet, this isn't the worst of times. While toiling fields whose spoils they were not privy to, and caring for white children while theirs were sold into chattel slavery. Enslaved Africans kept believing. They believed in a liberation that they knew they may never experience. Their unrelenting belief in freedom is what got us to this place. Giving up now would be a slap in the face to the torture they endured. As famed civil rights activist, composer, and founder of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee's Freedom Singers, Dr. Bernice Regan wrote in Ella's song this, We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. Folks, that's the message that I want to leave you with on this Christmas Eve. We have to keep believing. And while I joke and sometimes I'm very serious about losing hope, the reality is, is that I would not continue turning on my microphone day in and day out if I did not believe in the possibility of something better. The reality is, is that as, you know, curse-filled, 
and as rage-filled as the episodes of Woke AF have been over the course of 2021, we show up each and every day, myself, my producer, Andrew, who makes sure that this sounds good and looks good and is up all of the time for you uh, in time each and every day. We show up every day because we believe in this country. We believe in us, the people. It's why I end each show with power to the people and to all the people power. It's because I believe in us. And I believe that the work that we are doing each and every day, whether it is registering to people to vote, whether it is volunteering, whether it's donating, whether it's having conversations with our very difficult family members or friends or colleagues to try and change hearts and minds and expand perceptions of what is right, what is just. We're the believers, we're the fighters. We are so angry because we care. We are so frustrated because we know better. So do not give up. Do not stop fighting. Take your time to rest. Take your time to recharge. Take your time to hug yourselves and those around you. Look for the good in each and every day, even, even when it seems like there isn't anything good to look at. They win when we choose to give up. They win when we decide to wallow in our despair. I'm not saying not to feel sad. I'm saying just don't let the sadness control you. Because we who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. I wish each and every single one of you a happy, restful, recharged, beautiful holiday if you celebrate. And if you don't, I hope that you just take the time off to sleep, to eat, to fill yourself with good things. All of next week, we have brand new shows and never before seen footage. So do not think that this is goodbye. There are more good things to come. Cannot wait to be back live with all of you in 2022. I wish you well, please be safe. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.